This is the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. We have your back with everything from games, lessons, and coaching. YouthworkerCollective.com. Welcome to the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. I'm Jeremy Steele, and I am here with a incredible youth worker, uh, Chris Lynch. And we are going to uh, talk about reopening. Uh, I really, I'll be honest, Chris, I didn't think this would ever get here. It feels like it's been 900,000 days of this. And, um, And I know that everybody is in some stage of reopening from governors and mayors that are completely wide open to people who are kind of gradually very slightly opening but but right now it's time for us to start thinking about all right what are we doing right what what are we doing and so before we get up to all that yep. chris would you just tell us who you are and where you are serving the church right now sure my name is uh, chris lynch i serve um, the south carolina annual conference of the united methodist church as the director of young people's ministries um been in that position now for almost eight years resource youth workers across our conference awesome yep so um so let's just start i I know that you are in conversation with a bunch of different youth workers in a bunch of different churches as well as pastors so at this point what are you telling people is the first thing they need to be thinking about like what what is the first step right well, I think it starts with just thinking through the the safety. Clearly, safety is the of 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 all folks that are attending our our youth ministries or our churches, for that matter, is is first and foremost on the on the minds. And yes, it does seem like, um, in in some ways, you're exactly right. It feels like we've been waiting on this forever. Uh, and the reality is, I mean, we sit here. There, there, it may be, you know. Every day now seems longer and longer, it feels like, in this right. quarantine. So it could be even longer before it happens. But um, at this point, most folks have some sort of rhythm um, of, of what they're doing to, uh, as far as programming, that's Zoom calls or uh, Facebook lives or YouTube lives or whatever platform uh, they decide to use. They've kind of gotten in a rhythm of, of what that looks like. And, and so... The, it, it's, it's a good time to begin thinking about what are their benchmarks that that what is it what needs to happen in order for us to to gather again face to face is it just going to be as soon as the the government officials whether that's local or state or national government say uh, we can gather in you know in groups of, of whatever number we need to gather in for our group to meet whether that's 10 or 20 or 30 or whatever it is you know, is even at that point, is is that going to be the best thing for us to do? Because just because it's something is open doesn't mean you have to go in. I mean, if that was the case, every time I drove by a Krispy Kreme donut, I would pull in and get a donut because it's open and available. It doesn't mean it's smart for me to do that because it hits my waistline. You don't, you don't do that? No, no, I try not to because <laughs> it hits my waistline, dude. And and then I'm even larger than I am. And that's, uh, that's a scary thought of, in and of itself. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's it's thinking through as much as you can. That's what's been fascinating for me, Jeremy, as, as I've begun to work with our conference staff about trying to create resources for local churches as well as youth ministries, but mainly local churches um, 
to think about when to open up, it, we've begun to see some resources. And there are questions that, you know, I had never thought about, you know, is um, that are out there. And it's like, oh, I never really thought about that. And the, so I think if we begin, the more time we can spend thinking about um, those markers or benchmarks we need to, th- you know, that need to happen before we open. But also even beyond that is, are there things when we do begin to meet again that we need to think about, like, for example, space. I mean, if we're going to continue, because my hunch is we're, as we begin to open up, they're still going to be suggesting we have social distancing. And so if that magic number is right. feet, you know, if I've got a room that's, <clears throat> you know, a 200 square foot room and I'm cramming 25 young people in there, well, there's no way in, in, in the world we could sit six feet apart. And, and right. Yeah. I mean, like most youth group couches, right? We, we put we put 10 to 15 teenagers on a couch meant for three people. And, and coronavirus is probably couches because it's those couches have been around for a long long time anyway really, so you should never sit on a group couch you're, <laughs> yeah. you're going to catch something you know so maybe that's just, you know, but again you think about hard surfaces if we're sitting in hard chairs or we're sitting around tables that are in those kind of things i mean I, listen i don't i don't i don't there's this balance we walk nowadays of not living in fear but also right taking every precaution we can to help ourselves and to help those we are in ministry to and with. Yeah, I think that's important. So the first question is is exactly that, you know, when do we open up and like, what is the the threshold that we're going to have, right? Just because the government says it's okay. But I think also it's important to have the conversation on our ministry teams of, you know, the church doesn't have to open up from zero to completely back to what it was before. Exactly right. Immediately. Yeah. And it and it could be that some of the church ministries, like like the youth ministry, fit underneath some of these numbers that will be out there, you know, if it's 25 or 50. And and some of the youth gatherings might actually be able to start before the the general worship of the church. And if that's the case, we that that means that as is as you you and I know as is often the case the youth ministry is the sort of like r and d for the church and the stuff that goes really well there is often picked up by the mm-hmm. by the rest of the church um and so but we but we'll need to think about that and, and i think i think one of the things that you said in your article which i loved um, in fact, I, when I went through to edit your article, I moved this sentence right up to the lead. I have. Like, uh, PPE was not in any of our budgets. No, abs- <laughs> absolutely not. That's just it. It's our, our, our world in youth ministry. And really I think in ministry is there. So I, I would say two things that, that to, to, to youth workers. One is if you're expecting to go back to normal, stop that expectation. Yeah, no, not I, I think the the way we saw what happened beforehand, there now it, it's going to look similar, but there's going to be some things that may never be done the same, you know. Again, and, and the second thing I would say too is is embrace the the embrace the um, embrace the power of small because right there's it, 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 and that's always been one of those things that that I think is has been effective for youth ministries, but now it's going to be mm-hmm. mandatory that we really get, we really think through and become better equipped to handle small group ministry 
Um, because that's going to be a lot of what, uh, even if we have a youth group of, of, of 60 or 75 people, you know, you're not, you may be able to meet with a, a small group of 10 or 12, well, way before, you know, months before you meet with a full group of 75. Right. Right. And I, used to do that thing. and I think some of that stems to, I think another thing for youth workers to, to do is too, is also to be helpful is, is think about your expectations. Um, because I, I think if we, because if we expect the first the first Sunday night MYF group we have or whatever you call it, the first youth group gathering that we have and we open our doors and we expect those that at the same average attendance we used to have, you're going to be sorely disappointed because yeah. even if we open up those things, there are going to be families who are not going to feel um, comfortable sending their young person to a youth group meeting because they either they're they're still living uh, in a little more on the fear side of, of this thing, which is yeah. um, and understandable, or they, 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 they've seen youth ministry in the past and it's not always the, we don't usually, we, we youth ministry, youth ministry has never been known to be safe. I mean, it's always, I mean, right. there's that mentality that that's the kind of place we take risk uh, in youth ministry yeah. and you can get away with doing things in youth ministry. You couldn't do in an adult, you know, an adult Sunday school classroom or, or whatever. Um, and so, you know, there's going to, it may be a thing where you're going to have to as a youth worker think through that it's going to be a smaller group than I'm used to starting off. And I've got to almost prove myself again, that we're, we're taking steps and being able to share what those steps are. I think communicate what those steps are that you've taken. Um, you know, if you're going to you require your youth to wear a mask at the meeting, if you're, you know, tell parents beforehand, Hey, we've, We've, this is what we've done to clean our youth space. This is how we're monitoring this. This is how we're going to do everything we can to ensure that young people are, are practicing so, you know, safe distances, kind of things. Um, because there's, that's, that's going to be a, a, a challenge, I think. Yeah, and I think, just to be clear, I think every youth ministry is going to need to require masks when we go back. That I think your first meeting is going to be a masked up meeting because you and I both know that you can tell youth to do yep. to stay six feet apart all you want. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. And the for the safety of our kids, we need to just we need to go out and there's several places that are selling, you know, the 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 level of masks that are not being reserved for the hospitals. That's right. right that help when everybody's wearing that mask, it helps from spreading the virus. It doesn't protect it from you inhaling something. If somebody doesn't have a mask, but if everybody has a mask, it drastically reduces it. And so we're going to need to go ahead. I feel like today is the day for anyone listening to this podcast (laughs) to go on and order at least twice as many masks as you had kids attend your last youth gathering and then know that some kids are going to bring their own masks, and that's great. But any kid that doesn't, you've right. got a mask there and ready for them. And um, and then and so like that's a, an important thing. But the other piece is the kinds of things we do in youth ministry. We're going to have to be intentional about limiting physical contact and yeah. things. So like games yeah. that we normally play often have things that multiple teenagers touch. Absolutely. That that's not an option for your first couple of youth meetings. Right. You can play games, and, and, but it needs to be games where people are not sharing the same things, touching the same things, and are not 
right up in each other's face, even when even though they're all going to have masks because you just paused this podcast and bought masks. Right. Exactly. I mean, even and even things like if you're using a sound system and you're sharing right. a microphone, you've nope. got a you've got a praise band that's that's passing a mic from one scene to the other. I mean, it's it's little things like that that in the past have just been non-issues that that's right no brainers right it's you don't even think twice about it and that's why i say it the the more you can the more, the earlier the earlier you can begin to prepare and think through all of these things the 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 the, the better off you're going to be um <clears throat> you know and i think that includes meals i think a lot of youth ministries include dinner yep uh with youth group gathering and that's going to require everybody to take off their mask and to touch something, put it in their mouth, all that. Meals, I think, are just going to have to wait until those, we're in the clear. And my experience with those has been, it's, hey, we've got a line of food. We've got a big thing of lasagna and one spoon in it. And we're going to all... It's I trough mean, meals. Yeah. And it's like the old Duff smorgasbords. I'm showing my age <laughs> now. But most folks will remember those, but I remember those back in the day of the trough meals. But, I mean, you look at places like rode by the other day i rode by the golden corral and they said temporary to close and my thought was well of course you are there's no yeah yeah because you know it's that is the worst option absolutely but i, I want to go it back really to wasn't the, a good option when they were open <laughs> <laughs> oh that's really funny um and true um but i want to go back to what you said about the difficulty of of young people to gather is like so my wife and i were were going to target for a drive-up that's become like our romantic thing to do to get the house is to go to target for a, right. a drive through pickup. Somebody order. bring, yes. bring bags to your window. Yes. And, <laughs> but on the way we rode past a Sonic and, and she says, look at that. And there was like four cars in the Sonic drive in. And there was one of them was a pickup truck and there were five or six kids, you know, young people, teenagers. And, and they were within, there was no way they were six feet apart. And no, uh, not a thing of oh they're they're terrible people. It's just they no. young people have this just craving to 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 connect with their um, friends. And and I've got right. daughters that are, and they have a prefrontal cortex yes. that doesn't doesn't allow them to forecast the problems with some of these things. So they right. they just are not mentally even capable of of thinking that far ahead. And we were all there, some of us like me, a lot longer than some of people like you, but <laughs> where, you know, where we, we were, we were 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so I think that's important. So your personal protective gear, you know, thinking about the activities you're doing, right? What you're touching, those kind of things. But then the other piece that I think we need to, to realize is that uh, we're, we're online for the long haul here. Yeah. Um, and there are going to be kids that for many, many reasons uh, will still need to participate in this online. And um, a, a lot of youth pastors have been getting by with a cell phone propped on their pillow, right? And recording uh, devotions and doing Zoom meetings that way. Um, but to to allow kids to attend your stuff both in person and online, you're going to need to think through a little bit more about the technology of that. 
Um, you don't need to have a production studio or anything like that, but you're going to need to realize that a, a phone in the back of the room is not going to be good. You can still use a phone, but you, there's going to need to be somebody who is the the phone carrier right. <laughs> that takes that phone and gets right up when you're doing the game, gets gets right up there where you can see the game. If there's a message right there, if there's uh, singing that kind of focuses on the lyrics and is close enough to the speaker to where it sounds good, you know, really thinking through, okay, we're going to come back in person, and but we're, we need to really think through how this is going to look uh, to the person that's, that's still at home because you will have people at home for a while. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, and, and so I think it, it is, it, it, <clears throat> there's a, 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 someone I once said that, that, you know, crisis will always um, produce um, ingenuity. And so creativity, mm-hmm. maybe a better word. You've seen that in the midst of this is, is youth ministry, I think was, was, especially the beginning, we were gung ho about, oh, we're going to keep these things going. We're going to figure these things out. And, have creative ways to meet and all those sort of things. There's, there's tons of resources about that. Um, and, and so I, I think that, that, that the crisis, you know, spawned the creativity. And so part of it is going to be to thinking through, you know, what, what do I have on hand that I can use? And then mm-hmm. if it's not where I want to be, how can I, how can I use it better? What I do have to, to, right. to do that. I think you're exactly right. Maybe it is still using a phone, but it's not having it just sitting there. Um, because you do want to engage folks. And I think that's another thing to think about, whether it's a church or a youth ministry, is that uh, how, are we, how are we intentionally connecting, not just with the people who, once we are meeting with, who are there in the room, but we, mm-hmm. there is an audience that is watching that either from home live or they're going to be watching it from home a day later, you know, or right. when, when they read their, when they see their Instagram feed, or whatever. And I think that's mm-hmm. important to consider as well. So, uh, you know, I think we've, we've talked about uh, protection, we've talked about having the virtual pieces there, and we've talked about when you're going to reopen. Um, the other piece that we need to think about is um, finances, F- both on the church side, but also on the personal side. We have, and we will have, record unemployment for a while. Um, I saw a a graph a couple of days ago that, that showed us that showed basically uh, we have had somewhere around 11 years of job growth on average. And we are actually, we have undone all of that just in a little bit. Right. Um, So I think there's two, there's two sides to that, right? There's the church side and uh, and the personal the the participant side. So, what are you talking to youth workers and churches about in regards to money? Well, it's I think it it really is so interesting. So, one of the things I've done is is it, outside of my work with resourcing youth workers, I resource pastors in two districts in my conference. And as I've called, I've been making calls to pastors to check on them, find out how things are going. You know, how are you? What do you find that's working? And what are your concerns? And inevitably, uh, money will come up and, and you'll have some pastors say, you know, I, I had matter of fact, I had a pastor last week who was in a rural um, church with like 25, 30 people. And he's like, our, our giving has been just steady as can be. And none of our people do online giving, you know. So 
there, right, right. I think it depending on your con- church context as far as how the church is being impacted by the the lack of of or the as far as tithing goes because of the lack of face to face meetings is going to dictate a lot of that. But I think as youth workers on a church level, we've got to be sensitive to the fact that I would say that I would be sh- be very few uh, of our churches that are going to be. Um, able to continue at least in the short term, if not, you know, the, the medium term year or two, maybe um, continue to, um, to, to, to use, res- use financial resources like they have. And so thinking through for me, it's prioritizing what are the most important things that you're doing? And I think that's one of the things about the, the quarantine that's happened is, and is one of the questions that I put in that article actually was, you know, what have you found, what have you realized is the most important elements of youth ministry right now? And, and the right. reality is, you know, if you if you're being faithful to, um, you know, if, if our if our goal and our priority is to make disciples, then maybe that, you know, fun trip to go rock climbing or that fun trip to go, you know, go go ride go karts or, or a ski trips or, or whatever. And again, I'm not anti those things, but right, right, right. really as important as meeting our goal. Yeah. Let's not take the limited resources we have on those. Let's funnel our resources to things that are going to help us best make disciples. And that's right. first and foremost. Now, the personal piece, I think, is um, that's what I think. I don't know how many answers I have, but it's a little worrisome because I do think personally for youth workers, I wonder and I worry about particularly staff people, um, you know, full time youth workers who are paid to be in youth ministry as a vocation. Um, I, 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 my fear, one of my fears is that one of the, the places where cuts happen will be youth workers and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that makes it, so then not only talking about how do we deal with that, but, um, it, we're dealing with it ourselves in youth ministry and, and youth workers. Um, but again, I think the biggest thing is, is, is being sensitive to probably have people in your church, parents in your youth of your youth that have been impacted by job layoffs or furloughs yep. or whatever it may be. And so, you know, what can, how can we offer youth ministry that, that is, doesn't, that, that is as sensitive to that and doesn't require, you know, lots of activities that people have to choose whether or not they can't go, not because of their availability or their desire to be there or their uh, concern about safety, but they have to choose because they can't afford it. Right. You know, so. I, I know that I've, um, in my kind of traveling around and consulting with churches and doing seminars and stuff, I, I've seen all kinds of different funding models. Um, but I know that there are some churches that their youth ministry has a charge for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember one church, they it was, you know, $20 for their confirmation class. And they asked kids that came on youth group on Sunday nights to give $20 at the beginning of the school year. They got a t-shirt with it or something. And right. they had a bunch of little charges for stuff. And that that funding model just can't go forward. Um, you're going to need to, you're going to need to make as much as, as you can free. Um, and I feel like Whatever you can't make free, you need to find a way to make it cheaper this year than it was last year. And you're going to need to start getting scholarship funds now. Yep. Uh, it's it's going to be something that you know, if you've been in your church for a while, you know some people who are passionate about youth ministry that um, that that will be able to um, help you with, uh, with this and, and just say, look, 
this has hit a bunch of parents hard and we are anticipating a need for a lot of scholarships for our events and programs. Um, can you pre give us some money for that so that we can just assure parents, Hey, we've had people step up to the plate. If your kid wants to go to camp retreat, whatever it is, you don't worry about it. You just tell us you can't afford it or it's going to be hard. And we're going to just let you off the hook this year. Don't, don't worry about it. And I think too, there's, there's also an opportunity to say this this is almost like, this is the suggested price. (laughs) You know, if you use suggested, this says, Hey, look, if you can make, this is what it's going to cost us, you know, and this is where we need to be. But if you can't make that, it's not, it's not a a limiter to keep you from going. Um, Right. and, And I also think too, that, you know, if, if there's any way your church can of saying, hey, look, we're, we're going to, you know, pay what you can now, you know, I hope, right. you know, hopefully this is not going to be a, 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 a super long term deal where it's going to be years and years and years of 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 economic downturn and things will be back to some sense of normalcy in terms of that level on that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're going to work with you now. And I think that's the biggest key is, you know, is trying to be flexible and, and communicating with parents of, look, we understand being empathetic towards parents say, we understand times are tough and whether you, right. you know, whether you, you have, have had a job this entire time and never had to, you know, never miss a day of work or, you know, you work on tips and your paychecks are gone now, whatever it is, we're we want to, you just talk to us. Let's keep the line of communication open. We're going to work with you mm-hmm. as much as possible to, to, to do the best we can to, to, to uh, have your kid fully participate as always. Yeah. And I think the next thing that, that we're going to notice is um, uh, as we go back, we need to be aware of kids in need in our group. Um, a lot of parents are not going to say things. They're not going to mention, they're not going to speak up. You, you know how it goes with scholarships. You offer scholarships, but a lot of people are not willing to take it. Right. Right. Not willing to voice their need. And so it's going to be really important for us to pay attention and to ask our volunteers to pay attention who what kids are not able to pay for things. Number one, but also what kids might be having some problem food wise. Right. Right. What kids uh, seem really stressed. I know that when uh, I was talking, I was on a conference call uh, about a week ago where um, we were, we had a report from our uh, domestic violence shelter that they were had a huge increase in uh, needs for shelter uh, from domestic violence. When people get in these stressful situations, when they lose their jobs, some of their worst tendencies come out. And so we need to be more vigilant about abuse and that kind of stuff and realize that in most places, um, youth workers are mandatory reporters right. and, uh, and you're legally responsible to report um, abuse. And so you need to go ahead. You may not have had to, I hope you haven't had to use that p- part of your safe sanctuaries policy, but before you open up, just make sure you remember where do you go? What do you do when you get a report of abuse or when you have a suspicion of abuse? Uh, go ahead and get ready for that because there's going to be an increase in that. And, and we are front lines in many right. ways on that. And, and absolutely. And I think right, whether it's you as the youth worker or your, your volunteers, you know, as you begin to meet again, face to face is maybe giving them and yourself a kind of a, a crash course on, 
observing those sort of things, whether it's physical abuse or depression or those kind of things. I, mean, I know of a of a town here in our conference where you know, there's a, a middle school in the midst of this committed suicide. You know, yeah. And, and so <clears throat> I was on a call the other day about mental health and all of this, and and they were talking about that. You know that the the, the dopamine and serotonin levels um, are majorly impacted positively when we have um, quality um, quality uh, uh, oh my goodness quality interaction with other people right. is one of those yeah. sources for dopamine and serotonin which keep those um, those those brain levels at a good place for those kind of things and well obviously that's not happened near as much as it used to in a quarantine time you know, <laughs> right. so you think about those things I think so being observant of those things and and and, and maybe it's you know, talking to, um, you know, having your volunteers and, and almost assigning them, you know, six or seven kids just, you know, to be checking on being aware, are, are they not showing up at all? And do we need to give them a call even to say, Hey, I just want to check on you. I haven't seen you. Make sure you're doing okay. You know, whatever. Right. Well, Chris, thank you so much for spending all this time helping Absolutely. us process all of this. Uh, you know, when, you sit down and work as a youth worker. Sometimes it can feel like you are alone and we don't want you to feel like that. When you get online to work, we want you to know that you are not alone, that uh, there are people, uh, other youth workers that have your back. That's what we're about at the Youth Worker Collective. We want to be your first source for games, ideas, lessons, coaching. You can find all that at youthworkercollective.com and you can find more podcasts like this one at youthworkercollective.com slash podcast. 